comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Brad, we're slackers. Why's that, John? Well, we're still using this no frills intro for this podcast that we've started up. I wanted a commitment from the television network before I put some time in to a frills open, if you don't mind. Now, the commitment would probably come after the pilot's done and they check it out? Well... No, I, I would I would create a frills open for the pilot, but I just want to make sure it happens. All right. Well, you know what? I think we're back a little sooner than we thought we would be. Hey, listen. The Wonder Woman pilot was supposed to happen, and it never happened. Well, it did happen. It was just lousy. It wasn't on TV, was it? No. Thank you. It never happened. Anyway, welcome to the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Is this episode one? We did a zero. But I think one should probably be for the pilot. So is this like point one? Let's call it, uh, yeah, point one. Seeing as how Marvel, um, in their comic book world, recently did a whole point one shtick. We, let's do a point one shtick. I just like saying shtick. Awesome. So this is the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, episode point one. It is September 26, 2012, which is important because yesterday... The Avengers was released on Blu-ray and DVD. You know, I bought the went ahead and bought the 3D Blu-ray at the Target because it was the same price as the regular Blu-ray. Yep, Target had a big fail. What gives? I uh, mean, it's th- great for us. It wasn't, we didn't fail. Right. For anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, it seems that the 3D Super Combo Pack was marked $24.99 in all of your periodicals and newspapers and ads and such but when you brought it to the store uh, it rang up at 19.99 so bonus for the little guy there was actually a a label a sticker or a tag you know on on the rack it said regular 24.99 on sale or might have said 29.99 or whatever you know the MSRP would be but then it said you know on sale for 19.99 so Sweet. Yeah, so if anybody hasn't picked it up yet and is looking to, try Target because they seem to be stupid. And they give you an extra disc with 90 minutes worth of Blu-ray footage. Yeah, I watched part of that. It's okay. It's kind of a it ties everything together very nicely. It goes back, it shows you a bunch of stuff, footage from Iron Man, Iron Man 2, etc. It kind of brings together all of Phase 1 as they're calling it. Uh is it stuff you've never heard before? Probably not, but it's a nice collection of all of this information, and there'll be some behind-the-scenes shots and stuff that you probably haven't seen before. But we're not here solely to talk about the Avengers Blu-ray. We actually have some S.H.I.E.L.D. television news that I would like to get to first. Should we pimp our brother podcast first, though, 
since it is Avengers disc related. Pip it. Your podcast, The Legion of Dudes, as we are recording this tonight, they are recording a commentary track for the new Avengers Blu-ray, and that will be available on the HHWLOD podcast network as well. So if you like listening to, to a bunch of yahoos, uh, pick apart a movie or praise it, regardless of you know what happens. You can listen to everybody but John on the Legion of Dudes talk about the Avengers movie. It's kind of neat to put it in and, and watch the movie. It's like a bonus commentary track. Yeah, there might be one on this disc. I actually don't know if there is one. Is there one on this disc? I believe there's a great Joss Whedon one, actually. Cool. Well, there's an even better one available on the HHWLOD podcast network very soon. So, now to move on. Yeah, we had some bits of news. Uh, I will start with uh, Joss Whedon was doing a bunch of interviews. I think the interviews were for the Cabin in the Woods Blu-ray release, which is awesome, by the way. It is totally and completely my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah, and the Blu-ray is uh, is a good release as well. It's got a lot of good behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's a good movie to have that sort of thing available because there's a lot of Easter eggs and hidden things, and they do a good job. So Joss was doing a lot of press-related uh, stuff, and uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. television show came up. And the first big news that kind of came out was that you know, everything was good to go. Everything was ready. They were in the phases of hiring and casting and all that stuff. And Mr. Whedon says that while it will take place in the film universe, it will be new characters. So any hopes, I guess, of Agent Coulson uh, or, you know, Scar Joe showing up as Black Widow or Jeremy Renner or any of these crazy ideas that we were probably included in cooking up. He's not interested in doing that on the television show. He he specifically said he doesn't want it to be a situation that he corners himself and they're constantly saying, well, Iron Man was just here and he said X, Y, and Z, you know, but you can't actually show Iron Man on the screen. Like, he didn't want to get into that. He wants it to totally stand on its own. You you know, like in, in, um, like in uh, some of our old favorite TV shows when we were a kid, uh, the old Battlestar Galactica or Dukes of Hazard or whatever. They always had those hero shots of, you know, the General Lee jumping over the one canyon. It was always the same canyon. Sure. Or even in Star Trek with the planet, the Enterprise circling around the planet. Yeah, they color corrected the planet for different episodes, but it was always the same shot. They could do that with Iron Man, just have one shot of Iron Man that they'd throw in every once in a while when they needed one. That would be kind of neat. I'm completely not serious. Oh, good. Now, having said what you said about no superheroes, I mean it, it's still a it's still a done deal that Sam Jackson's in the pilot. Yes, yes, Sam Jackson is going to be in the pilot to sort of introduce the whole situation. I could see him doing like a briefing scene or something in the pilot to set everything up about what their jobs are and and stuff. And and he said that uh, he also said that the agents won't be superheroes themselves. They're going to be underdog characters, which to me means that they're going to be fighting people with superpowers but won't have any themselves, which is pretty consistent with S.H.I.E.L.D. in general, I think. Well, let's think about Coulson. You know, while he was super in our hearts, he wasn't a super hero. What's the other guy, the, the black guy with the glasses, the bald guy? He's not Sam Jackson wearing glasses, but uh, 
sit well. Sit well. Mm-hmm. It would be cool for him to be on the show. You know, it's, it'd be a, it'd be one way to link the show permanently with the cinematic universe, other than Sam Jackson in the pilot. But if that if that guy uh, was if that agent was in the show as a main character, that would be enough, I think, for me to remind me every week. Oh yeah, this is the same world as the movies. Well, I actually have some news regarding Agent Sitwell and another character, uh, but we need to backtrack first to for them to make a little more sense. Uh, there is a special feature on the DVD called uh, Marvel One-Shot Item 47. Did you happen to watch Item 47 yet? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Item 47 was awesome. It is, what would you say, seven minutes are you holding the dvd maybe you can tell me that i am holding the dvd it doesn't uh it doesn't give a length it was rather short it might have been 10 minutes at the most maybe 12 with credits right there was about for a short film there was like four minutes of credits and the credits were very cool for a reason i guess we'll get to in a second um so i guess we're going to spoil item 47 a little bit here to tie everything together if you have some of the other Marvel movie D, uh, Blu-rays or DVDs, for that matter, there are other Marvel one-shots, uh, at least one or two that I can think of. Isn't there at least two? I know there is one called Something Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer. Right. And I think that was on the Captain America disc. Uh, I think there was another one. But they, you know, that one in particular featured uh, Coulson and... um. I can't rem- uh what was the other one? I know there I, th- I could have sworn there was a second one. Oh, there was. It was um Sitwell and uh somebody else. It was a a different agent. I don't believe it was Colson. The point is, the point I'm trying to make amidst all this rambling is there have been a couple of these Marvel one-shots on the different discs and uh this is the latest and greatest, I would say. Yeah, it was really good. Uh it basically is about a couple named Claire and Benny. Claire is played by Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, Benny is played by Jesse Bradford. And they seem to have found one of the Chitari's weapons, uh, the Chitari being the aliens that are, are the enemy in Avengers. And, and I guess what happens when they shut the Tesseract or, or whatever they do exactly to stop the alien force and all of the Chitari kind of like drop in one second... All of these weapons were dropped, and apparently there was 47 of them. All of these weapons are useless except this 47th one that somehow Benny has figured out how to activate. He hotwired it. Did they specifically say that he hotwired it, or they kind of danced around it? I don't know. There were children running around when I was watching it, but... uh, (laughs) No. Agent Sitwell says, you know, all of them are dead except this one. Why is that? And she says, well, he made it work. Right. She might not have used the word hotwire, but that's why the agent ends up doing what he does with the two characters at the end of item uh, 47. Right. So without giving all the specifics away, again, it's like a seven or eight minute film. So, you know, spoiling a little could pretty much be spoiling the whole thing. But they decide to rob banks with their newfound gun. Uh, Agent Sitwell brings them in, decides that 
you know, the enemy you know is better than the enemy you don't know. Or it's either that or keep your friends close and your enemies closer. He does one of those cliches. And he brings Claire and Benny into S.H.I.E.L.D. to work for them because they have figured out how to make these weapons uh, go. Titus Welliver is also in this as Agent Blake. We know Titus Welliver as the man in black on Lost, Bradley. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. And probably a lot of other things, but uh, that's where I know him from best. He'll always be the smoke monster to me. Right. So why is this important, you ask? Well, this is important because the actor who plays Agent Sitwell is Maximiliano. That's a fun name to say. Maximiliano Hernandez. Uh, He says he would love to be in the S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. He says, this is his quote, I can't admit to anything right now. The truth of the matter is that everything is in flux and so much of it is up in the air. Honestly, it all depends on Joss. Joss has really taken this as his baby. We'll see in the next couple of months. I'm sure I'll be able to say something. So without saying anything, I think he said something. It sounds like he said something to me. You know, he can't admit to anything right now. Why would he not be able to admit that he's not involved? So my guess is we may see Agent Sitwell to some capacity. I don't know if he'll be a regular on the show or if maybe they'll have him on the pilot with Samuel L. Jackson. You know, who knows? But it sounds like we may see him again. Now, unfortunately, similar questions were asked to Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, And her quote is, I can't really, saying, not that she can't say anything, that she's saying I can't really be on the show. Uh, I have my own show, so I will not be a regular on the Marvel Shield show. I'm glad people are excited about that. I think it's a good idea. Maybe I could do a little something. Now, is she she on her own? Does she have her own show? It says there is an upcoming show called uh, 321 Frankie Goes Boom. Which just spells out hit to me. Yeah, it's going to be a big, big hit. Maybe she ought to put S.H.I.E.L.D. in her back pocket. Uh, And I found Lizzie Kaplan to be uh, lovely. So it's a shame. Yeah, she reminded me a lot of, uh, well, I can see her in my head, but I don't know her name. That girl, she reminded me of that girl, the one in my head. Another movie star. Emily Blunt, maybe? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I think that's who that was. So, again, coming out of the Item 47 special feature, uh, a possible for Agent Sitwell and a no for the character of Claire, played by Lizzie Kaplan. So that's kind of a shame. But uh, but that's it. So that's some a little bit of casting news, a little bit of uh, more of an idea of what's going to be in store for us on the show. I was a little disappointed about not having characters that we know. Hopefully he means characters that are in the movies we won't see. You know, I, I would hope that he wouldn't be afraid to bring up names that might be in the comics or other versions of Marvel stuff. Well, I, I sure hope they throw a lot of Easter eggs in there, even verbal, you know, references to Luke Cage and Danny Rand and Roxanne Oil and, you know, stuff like that. I'm sure we'll hear a lot of Stark Enterprises, maybe. Yeah, I I would think so. The other cool thing about Item 47 is during the closing credits, which you mentioned were so long for such a short little film, 
it shows you the prototype tries that Shield was, uh, you know, Shield was taking shots at recreating the weapon, and you see all the blueprints of different prototypes go by as the credits roll. Yeah, those that was pretty cool. So I could see this kind of being a, a direction that the show goes in, you know, where Shield is trying different things. They're trying to mimic some of the super power technology and, uh, you know, maybe some unethical tactics to, you know, stealing uh, technology and things like that, trying to keep up with the super powered community. You know, who knows? We're still doing a lot of guessing at this point, but at least we have a little bit of information now. So let me ask you this. What happens? When is the next Avengers movie supposed to come out? 2015? Um, yeah, because I believe that the Guardians of the Galaxy is 2014, and then Avengers 2 will be 2015 or 16. Man, I hope it's 15. Let's assume S.H.I.E.L.D. lasts that long. So what happens on the TV show when the movie happens? Do they reference the movie at all? Do they reference in passing the events that happened? Do they have specifics? I mean, that would be that would be cool, but it would also be tricky to pull off, I think. Yeah, well, I think the fact that he says that it's going to stand on its own, you know, that, that pretty much spells it out for me. Um, and, and I think we'll know right away, you know, in the pilot, if they start referencing the Chitari invasion or, you know, items that may have fallen from the sky at that time. I mean, I guess we'll know right then and there. I would think it would be noticeable maybe i don't know maybe it's just the fanboy in me but i was gonna say i would think it would be noticeable if they just completely ignored it if it's supposed to happen in the same universe they're going to great pains to remind you that it's in the same universe by having sam jackson in the pilot you know why how could they possibly get away with not referencing at least the new movie when it happens if the show's still on the air at the time yeah I, I agree. I think maybe Joss Whedon is uh, playing his cards closely or holding his cards closely. What's the expression I'm looking for? Playing his... He's not showing anybody his cards, Brad. Right. He got him playing it close to the vest. Yes. Close to the chest. One of those things. They rhyme either one. I get confused with rhyming words. <laughs> so. How about that Blu-ray set? Why don't we talk a little bit about that since it's so closely related, and I'm sure lots of the people that have found this show are fans of the movie, um, or you probably wouldn't care, I guess, about this t upcoming television show. Can I talk about the packaging? Yeah. I'm not a fan of this packaging, and I'll tell you why. Okay, the, the version I got was the Blu-ray 3D, regular Blu-ray DVD digital copy. Four discs inside one uh, sleeve here. And instead of having, you know, sometimes when you get a multi-disc Blu-ray, they have those little wings that you open it up and there's like extra disc holders on hinges. A door. Yeah. Well, in mine, they didn't do that. They just made the this uh, spindle that they set the discs in they made it a little taller so they could stack one disc on top of each other on either side. You know what? That's a Disney thing, unfortunately. I've never seen this before. 
Yeah, Disney Disney has been doing that with their giant combo sets of like the classic animated stuff that they put out. So that's your first problem with uh, Disney taking over Marvel, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you buy blank CDs, they come stacked like that on the spindle. But they're sitting there. You're not like taking them off of the spindle and putting them back on and, you know, in, in inevitably rotating the disc on the spindle by picking the package up and stuff like that. These are going to get scratched. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I am a super nerd. I made myself a, a bit of a custom set. Did you? Well, what I did was I pre-ordered at Best Buy and got the Steelbook case. And to my delight, the Steelbook case had the door in it. Really? So it has uh, spots for three discs with you know with the uh, hinge door, and then the third disc goes on the back cover, so to speak. And then I bought the set from Target. So I got my Blu-ray version, my DVD version, and my extra Target disc, and they all fit snugly into the steelbook case, and uh, I'm good to go. You're a nerd. Yeah, well, I love those steelbooks. They just look classy. For those of you that don't know, John has a pretty impressive Blu-ray collection. Yeah, it's more towards the embarrassing side than uh, impressive, but I could be crushed under the weight of a falling Blu-ray shelf. That could happen. What does your wife think about all that? She's not a huge fan, but I'm not bothering anybody. I'm home watching Blu-rays instead of, you know, other things I could be doing, so... Do you have a man cave? Not not a sufficient one. It's <laughs> it's in the plans. No, I don't have a man cave. I, I watch most of my TV. Like like I said about item 47, I watch most of my TV with lots of kids running around, and I miss a lot of information. I'm looking forward to opening this uh, extra disc, building a cinematic universe. I, I assume they explain all the ins and outs of how they've tried to build one coherent universe for at the risk of repeating a word yeah the the target disc with with that feature is pretty nice like i said nothing like super groundbreaking but definitely a nice addition and it it does tie everything together really nicely uh the other thing i checked out which was very cool was i installed the ipad app uh which syncs up magically to your blu-ray if you have like blu-ray live i think it works on your blu-ray player or it definitely works with playstation and it knows where you're at in the movie and pops up little diagrams and character profiles with bio information and, and shots from the scenes and behind the scenes stuff of what you're watching so that's very cool that worked like way better than i envisioned it working that's creepy that it would know what you're watching yeah it's it's magic it must work over your home network or something yeah, that's what it does. You both uh, you have to be on Wi-Fi, the same uh, home network for it to work. So that was cool. Uh, the gag reel was... I got some laughs out of the gag reel. I was a little disappointed that it was like, I don't know, four minutes it seemed like. I don't know how long it was, but it seemed rather short. It wasn't that long. My favorite bit was the very last scene when uh, Mark Ruffalo leaves. <laughs> Trying not to spoil I... the gag reel. 
Yeah, yeah. I I liked uh, also the part where he kept trying to put the clipboard on the yeah table, and, and then he was purposely dropping it. Anyway, watch the gag reel. That's funny. I have not yet seen the deleted scenes. Have you taken a look at those? I did. I watched. I watched all of them. In fact, there's a there's a couple of extended scenes. There's an alternate opening and ending to the movie, which is really a completely different feel to the. It, it like gives the rest of the. If I had, if we had seen it with that original opening. There would have been this sense of foreboding that would have just weighed you down the entire movie, and it probably wouldn't have been as fun in some parts. Hmm. But it was neat seeing it that way. the The scene at the end where Thor takes Loki away. There's a bit of extra stuff there, uh, and there is a lot of narration by Maria Hill in in this opening and and ending of the movie. That was kind of interesting. The part with Harry Dean Stanton and Mark Ruffalo, uh, there was a, a extended version of that, which was actually kind of neat. Um, you know, wise old man giving the younger guy advice and that type of thing. I thought that was neat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's worth watching. Was there an extended Captain America scene? I remember uh, Chris Evans saying something about they shot all this stuff, but then they decided that that would be Captain America two. Yeah, there there really was a bunch of stuff that they shot, and I'm I'm kind of glad they took it out because it would have really weighed the movie down again. It would it it was pretty emotional, you know. It was a lot of Cap getting used to the new world and a lot of reminiscing about the people he used to know, and oh, we find out. You know, Peggy is not dead. She's only retired. Maybe I should call her. And he looks at the phone and, you know, it's kind of, it's neat in one respect, but it's more appropriate to a Captain America movie. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree. We should see something like that in Captain America too. So overall, the deleted scenes sound like they were pretty good. I mean, a lot of times when you get deleted scenes, it's like, are you kidding me? You know, it'll be like nothing throw away minute or two here and there. But these sound like they had some weight at least. Yeah, I would think so. There, I didn't. There wasn't anything that I rolled my eyes at or thought, "Well, that's just dumb." I'm so glad they took that out. It was, it was, um, it was well worth watching. So I think the set overall is a it, is a win. I mean, uh, it was reasonably priced. There was lots of good extra stuff, and depending on where you bought it, you could have grabbed uh, a few different things. I guess Target had the extra disc, and Best Buy had the steelbook case, and the Disney store had some lithographs, I think, and what am I forgetting? Oh, Walmart came with a comic book, I believe. It was more of like a graphic novel um, of an Avengers story. So depending on where you got it, you could have grabbed some really cool extras with it, and it was pretty much between 20 and 25 bucks everywhere. So uh, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's well worth the the price of purchase. I'm looking forward to sitting down and cranking the TV up and watching it big time. Yeah, and it needed to be because there's nothing really to hold us over after this until, uh, geez, what are we looking at next? Thor 2? I thought Iron Man 3 was next. There you go. I'm sorry. Iron Man 3. That's correct. We're supposed to see an Iron Man 3 trailer really soon. Really? That'd be awesome. Yeah, the news is that it's been bouncing around, you know, behind the scenes and... 
I even heard the big release movie that it would probably go in front of, and I can't recall it right now. The Hobbit? How soon is The Hobbit? Christmas time? Yeah. Mm, I think we're supposed to get it before that, but... Uh, I'll take it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm looking for, I loved Iron Man 2. I think Iron Man 2 is my favorite Marvel movie. I liked both Iron Man movies equally, I think. I mean, I... I uh I can't really complain a lot about either one of them. I mean, I used to before I found a great full-time job, I had a temporary job where I was a small electronics processor and w- that's fancy speak for make sure these Blu-ray players and DVD players and video games work right so we can resell them. And one of the ways I did that was to play a movie in the next DVD player on the stack and see if it played and I was lucky enough to be able to watch not only Anchorman every single day at that job, but also uh, the first Iron Man. And I never got tired of either one, but never got tired of Iron Man. It's just really, really good. Yeah. Let's only, we can only hope that Iron Man 3 is is just as good. They haven't failed us yet, so. Anywho, Bradley, uh, we have been pleasantly surprised by the response for this podcast you know like we've been saying it's it's for a show that's not going to be out for a while so we didn't know if anybody was going to be interested in in hearing it but uh they are and that's awesome and uh if anybody would like to you know follow more stuff a lot of the news items that we talked about tonight originally went up on our facebook page so if you search shield podcast on facebook you can find us there. We have the Twitter account, which is at Shield Podcast. Same idea. Uh, as these news items go up, they get tweeted and Facebooked immediately, so you can kind of be ahead of the game following those. And uh, we're at shieldpodcast.com if you'd like to check out the previous episode. Of course, iTunes as well. And uh, check out all our other shows at hhwlod.com. And I think uh, we're going to leave you kind of like we left you last time. Not sure exactly when we'll be back, but when we have something worth talking about, we will jump on and and, uh, send out another recording. Let's hope we can do this more often because I'm very excited for the show and I want it to be good. I just want it to be so good. I want people out there to realize, okay, if, if they haven't yet by the fact that Avengers made a bajillion dollars, that superhero-related movies and TV shows can be very entertaining and very well-produced. There, of course, have been stinkers, yes, but let's not let's not uh, assume every, all of them are going to be bad because Marvel surely has been doing things right for the last several years. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good night, everyone.